And welcome to Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is January 6th, and it is a bittersweet feeling because this is the final week of the NFL regular season. This time of year is just sad as all get out. I mean, playoff football, great, love it, but man, just losing this betting sweep just as Ohio goes live, getting football every weekend. We start to head, at least we're not in the dark period yet, which is when all we have is baseball on, but it's getting grim out here. It is, you know, you're starting to get sad, especially, you know, fans like myself, you know, it's the last time I'm going to see my shitty team um, for like, for basically like nine months. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a bummer, but um, at least we get to watch some good football coming up, hopefully in a couple, you know, in the next few weeks. Yeah. I think we're, we're, we're slated for some very good football teams are starting to peak at the right time. Some teams are starting to come on their downhill. We'll talk about all the games. Obviously some of those games we'll barely touch on. Um, but like always, we are a gambling focused show. We are an NFL primarily football show. We love the sport, but I think before we get into it, because it is going to be part of the handicapping, we are later in the week when we record this, we record these on Thursday nights, main purpose. It allows us the ability to get as much information as we can to give you the best bets as possible, but we have yet to really hit on the DeMar Hamlin situation. And I don't want to gloss over that because we are going to be talking about things involving that in other games. And it was Monday night was a truly tragic event. Neither one of us have ever seen something like that play out, obviously. Um, To see a player die on the field and then be brought back to life and um, to go through what he's gone through. You know, our thoughts and prayers were with that family all week. I think everybody has sort of handled it as best as they can from those two teams stepping up and doing the right thing. The NFL trying to say they did the right thing. I doubt that very much. As a betting man, I'd be willing to to put money that they didn't, but who knows, you know, we don't know what the, the conversations are there. Um, this was an unfortunate thing. Um, we hate to see it. And we wish the best to the Hamlin family. It does sound like though, the good news is that things are starting to trend upwards for him, mm-hmm. um, which is great. He has the ability to move both hands and feet and neurologically he's intact, which is truly a godsend. Um, when we look at that. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much said it all very well. That was a very scary thing, but um, it sounds like um, we have, you know, all kind of witnessed a miracle. It was, it was it was pretty wild to see all that. Yep, and shout out to the training staff and first mm-hmm. responders who jumped in immediately performing life-saving CPR. Both teams handling that well. The one thing I will say that I think it's worth addressing to at this point is I don't know why people still seem to want to do this in this situation. The only reasonable response to have during that moment was prayers and thoughts for the player. You don't need to be out there virtue signaling. I am a primary heavily gambler on Twitter. My feed is filled with fantasy and gamblers. I didn't see one of them talking about either one of those in the moment, yet I saw millions of people tweeting out, don't be talking about fantasy or whatever. No, just shut up. Give your thoughts and prayers. Take time to think about the player. You don't need to be virtual signaling. And then also these people that want to blame T Higgins. Unreal. Bart Scott is just a waste of a seat on ESPN at this part. That was unreal what he did, what other players are doing. This was a, a freak, freak accident. T. Higgins is clearly shaken up about it. Everybody's shaken up about it. It's the only right thing to be at this point. Um, and so those two responses really kind of grinded my gears. And I just, people just need to realize in these moments, we don't need villains out there. You can just sit there and just say positive things in the situation. You don't have to attack other people in moments like this. And I just wish that we, unfortunately we don't have a culture like that, but it was just, it's embarrassing to see go around the internet. Yeah. Very bizarre response coming from a former NFL linebacker, like an, an offensive player fighting for more yards. That, 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 
that's pretty standard in football. So I don't see anything that T Higgins did was wrong. He was playing football. Um, yeah. Yep. That, that's what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to continue to go forward. You know, he's going North. That, that's what you're supposed to do. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't even vicious. I mean, nothing really. No. I mean, so I, I don't know if Bart Scott was just trying to go viral. I, I don't really understand. He doesn't really need to go viral. He was a really good player. Um, so I, I very bizarre. I agree. Yeah. And I'll be interested when, you know, Hamlin hopefully makes a, a full recovery to see what his perspective is on this. I, I have a feeling it's the same thing. This, this was just a freak accident. We see it in sports now, unfortunately, more commonly than probably we'd like, but that's just because of social media. This play, there was a doctor on there. He says, you know, stuff like this happens about 30 times a year where somebody takes a baseball to the chest or a football helmet or a soccer ball or whatever. And we have this type of incident. I immediately thought of the Hank Gathers thing or issue in which he passed away, unfortunately, right on the court. We've seen it in soccer recently. This is an unfortunate nature of sports. Humans are trying to push their bodies to the absolute limits and continue to push that envelope. Um, this was not like a perfect hit on an A-B situation. So all these people right. that want to take time to take shots at the NFL, I also think that's an ill taste uh, because this was just a very routine play that had an unfortunate circumstance. And I have a feeling Hamlin, I don't know the guy, but everybody that's been speaking on his behalf, I, I get the feeling that he would also like to say that this is a freak accident. T. Higgins is not responsible for this. It happened in a routine play. It's super unfortunate. Our thoughts and prayers are with him. We hope he makes a full recovery. Um, but people that are taking time to use his name in this situation to elevate their priorities and their agenda, that's what pisses me off the most about mm -hmm. this. And it's just it's an unfortunate part of our society um, that comes into it. But that is, that's all I had to say on it. I don't know if you have anything else um, you'd like to address before we. Nope, you said it very well. Perfect. Now, we will try to do our best to talk about those games, um, but that is going to come up, so we just want to make sure we don't gloss over it at the beginning. Um, we will start with the Chiefs-Raiders, though. The line is set at 9.5, over under 41.5, and, and this game is for all the marbles. I mean, if the Chiefs win this, they do clinch first place. It makes some of the other things irrelevant, which we'll talk about here later in the show. Raiders, on the other hand, are not trying to get embarrassed, but they did show a sign of life last mm -hmm. week, um, which I guess shouldn't have been the biggest surprise. You know, if anybody in that building knows that offense better, it's probably Stenham. I mean, he's been yeah. in that offense for so long when he was in New England. We saw them be able to finally attack the field vertically, which is not a great sign for Derek Carr um, that through all out the season, you know, Jason Stenham comes in and he looks fantastic and Carr hasn't. Um, this team yeah. hasn't had that vertical presence. And the Chiefs, unfortunately, their defense is sort of on the decline. We've thought around this time of year, they start to ramp things up. Patrick Mahomes is playing on an ungodly level, but we are starting to see some cracks um, in the foundation of the Chiefs. So with that being said, nine and a half is the line over under 51 and a half. What do you make of this game and, and kind of how this could play out? Um, yeah, like you said, the Raiders, you know, they've shown signs of life. Um, they have a quarterback that knows the offense very well. He's been in it forever. Um, and the Chiefs, yeah, they're one of the best teams in the NFL. They're definitely going to win this game. But historically, we've seen they, they kind of struggle to cover these bigger spreads. Um, they had they had recent game against Seattle where I think they won by 14. So that was a big one. But then you look at their wins. They're not really winning by 10 points. So I'll go with uh, Vegas here to cover nine and a half. And if it that thing jumps to 10, then I, I really like it. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I think this is a, a unique spot. Um, I think Vegas has the opportunity here to expose the Chiefs defense a little bit, especially, I mean, I don't think they're going to replicate exactly what we saw last week. I mean, that was sort of an unreal performance by Jarrett. Um, but 
the ability to have a, a vertical threat presence is something that the Raiders have been missing all season. And he clearly had that. They didn't coddle him. They didn't hold his hands last week. They gave him the full playbook. And he went out and he was aggressive. And he showed that he, he played with confidence. Um, and I think the team had a lot of confidence in him. The things they've been saying this week have been overly positive. And that was, I think, a concern for a lot of people is because Derek Carr was, you know, for all his flaws as a, a, a quarterback in this league, He's beloved in the locker room. He's a good team guy. Guys like playing with him. Um, And so there was a concern as to how would this team react when Carr got benched and for all intents and purposes is no longer probably going to be a Raider, Um, which for the Raiders is really the best situation because this is an organization that doesn't have as many resources as other organizations. Surprisingly, Um, their ownership group is a little cash strap at at times. So, they're going to want to unload that Derek Carr contract so that they don't have to be selling off all these assets they have under an auction-type situation. So it behooves them to have Jarrett play well. He comes in, plays well, gives the team confidence. Yeah, I think I like them at the 9.5. I'm not betting it as of right now. The Chiefs have a lot to play for, obviously, that number one seed spot. Um, but I do think the Raiders are probably the side. A game that has a whole lot of meaning. Tennessee Titans versus the Jacksonville Jaguars line is at six and a half over under 39 and a half. This game is going to be feisty. It's going to be an interesting one. We have seen Jacksonville's offense come alive. We have seen Trevor Lawrence become more comfortable now that he has a coach in Doug Peterson who understands how to scheme an offense, who understands how to coach a football team, who understands how to develop talent. And we have a Tennessee team that even though they don't do anything overly complicated scheme wise they knew who they are as a football team is prepared week in week out by Mike Vrabel who has done one of the better jobs in the NFL with less um, than most can do and this is going to be a feisty game the line is six and a half I guess the two questions are can the Jags win and get themselves in the playoffs and can they or can the Titans cover this six and a half and maybe upset the Jacksonville Jaguars here I don't I don't see an upset coming but I do think they had the potential to cover a six and a half. I just don't know how comfortable I feel with Jacksonville having a playoff deciding game and being able to cover a six and a half point spread. <laughs> I mean, that just sounds scary to me. Um, and, and like you said, I mean, obviously the coaching staff, they're both, that's, that's kind of where the strengths of both these teams, in my opinion, they both have very good coaching staff. Um, and then you just look quarterback, obviously Jacksonville far better there. So, I still kind of lean Titans. Um, one thing I will say, though, I don't know if you want to talk about the schedule making of this weekend, but this should probably be the Sunday night game. Um, yes. <laughs> maybe we could get into that a little later. I don't know. But, yeah, this, obviously Seattle and Green Bay slash Detroit should all be playing at the same time, and this should be the Sunday night game. But whatever. Um, so, But anyways, getting back to this game, I, I'd probably just go six and a half just based off of – I can't. I think Jacksonville wins, but I can't trust them to win by a by a touchdown, a field goal in a, in a playoff deciding game. No way. Yeah, you hit on a lot of good points. I actually forgot to bring that up in the first part of the show when talking yeah. about what we're going to do. The scheduling by the NFL is head scratching. How do you have the Lions Packers game Sunday night? We're f- like 30, 40 minutes before that kicks off. The Lions could theoretically learn that they are eliminated in playing for nothing other than trying to bring the Packers down. Now, maybe that's a big enough, you know, motivation, and we'll talk right. about that in the handicap, but, like, what are we doing from a scheduling standpoint? I mean, the NFL has had some baffling moves this week. 
even considering potentially adding another team to the playoff rotation was why I saw that rumor flying around right. when they were deciding what to do with the Bills Bengals, which they're ultimately canceling, which I have no problem with. I wish they mm-hmm. could play that game, but if the players or those organizations said, Hey, look, we don't want to play a game, that's fine. I have no problem with it. Yeah. If the organization said that, fine. But if you ask those organizations, they're like, We want to play that game because we want to play as many games as everybody else in the league and we want to have our opportunity to fight for meaningful seating. Mm-hmm. that we should be playing that game. Screw media week. I love media week, but like for once in your life, NFL, stop caring about the Benjamin Franklins and start caring about the people and what's doing right here. And then you have this move. This is a baffling move scheduling wise. What are we, what are we doing? No idea. Seattle fans are pissed and they should be. Absolutely. Um, Back to this game. I don't have a great way to bet this from a spread standpoint. I think your point is very good. We've seen Jacksonville when, <laughs> The lights even shine dimmer style that they sort of crap their pants and pee down their legs a little bit. This is mm-hmm. the first time they're they're playing a meaningful primetime game in like, I don't know, a decade plus or something um, outside of Thursday night, which is the only primetime games they have seen virtually ever at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am concerned about this. I think a way to attack this game, though, in a way I do like is looking at the total and potentially passing yard props, because I do think there is an opportunity here for points in this game, because when I look at these teams stylistically, the Jacksonville Jaguars, while their offense has been ascending, that defense has been descending um, quite significantly. Honestly, we in the early part of the year, they were very good. But later in the year, if you haven't been paying attention, they're on the downfall. And I think if the Titans can run their game, run the ball, not put too much on Dobbs, who showed out well in his first week with limited time with that playbook, he's got more time in the system. It's not an overly complicated system. That works well for them. And then Jacksonville, that passing game is going. And one thing we know about the Titans is they can't cover worth a shit. They can't cover the boundary. They can't cover tight ends. They can't cover crossing routes. They can't cover the slot. They can't cover. So I do think this. if you want to attack this game from a betting perspective, I do look towards the total, and I do look towards maybe Trevor Lawrence's passing props. It is a little bit high, so there is obviously risk involved in all of gambling, um, but it is a little bit of risky, but I do think there's an opportunity for points here, and I do think there's going to be a lot of passing opportunities, especially as guys in the Jaguars are coming very close to incentive bonuses mm-hmm. on that receiving room. There's a lot of guys close to their year-end bonuses with receptions and yardage. And so there's a big incentive here for Jacksonville to attack early, to strike early, and play this game red hot up front. Yep. Jets, Dolphins, our uh, quarterback from our all-modern high school got signed by the Dolphins this week. Shout out Mikey Glennon. (laughs) I'm glad (laughs) to see he's still toting around the NFL somehow. (laughs) Good to keep your name facilitating. Good. Yes, absolutely. Keep that thing going. Um, the lines at two over under 38 and a half dolphins are favorite. I don't have a lot in this game. Yeah. I think we, we, we hit it weeks ago when they made the, the play for Chubbs. This wasn't a super bowl all in type of team yet. This was a borderline playoff team. They're not going to make the playoffs. We called it exactly correctly. Um, and so I don't have a lot outside of that. I also think Mike white, we might need to, people need to pump their expectations here. Yeah. You just got done watching Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco play. Of course, Mike White's going to look good. That'd be like me offering you dog food, cat food, and then a chicken, a broiled chicken, <laughs> steamed chicken. Yeah, that's going to look pretty good. No seasoning on it, but yeah, that looks a lot better. A lot better. That's kind of what we got here. So I'd pump the brakes. He's, he's played well, but let's maybe pump the brakes. That's the only thoughts I have on this. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with all that. I mean, we know he they're a slightly different team with him, but not like the elite team or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I, I don't have a ton on this. I, I would just maybe lean Dolphins just because they have more playmakers. So I would I would yep. lean that, but probably not a game I'm going to bet because both these teams really want to lose anyway. So yeah, exactly. And I I think Jets fans the solace you have here is things are heading in the right direction. And Miami, things yeah. are heading in the right direction. Oh, no doubt. 100%. Mm-hmm. You know, you need a quarterback for the Jets, and you need to keep Tua healthy. Um, yeah. Which is really – and then you guys are kind of cooking. Um, Jets, I think your biggest scare this offseason is picking up Derek Carr because I can very well see you making a play for oh, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'd maybe look two years ahead and maybe take an L next season and go after Caleb Williams in the following draft, but see what the draft offers you, see what's out there. Um, mm-hmm. And the Dolphins – I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I don't know why Tua isn't wearing that collar that was developed here in Cincinnati um, to help with concussions. At this point, you got to be doing everything you can to try to stay healthy. Um, we'll see what happens there. It'll be interesting, but yeah, I'm with you. Leaning Dolphins probably on, on that game, but I'm not putting money on that. Yeah. Browns-Steelers. This game has some potential meaning. The Steelers are not completely out of contention, especially if the NFL adds an extra playoff game. Yeah. Um, they could sneak right in the back door. More importantly... It's does the trend continue for Mike Tomlin? Is he continued to be allergic to losing seasons? Cause this is the potential to put them over the top. They are playing the Browns. The line is two and a half Steelers are favorite over under 40 and a half. What do you got for us on this one? Oh, this one's tough. Cause uh, Steelers is that you know, we were saying it last year. Like, don't like, please let's not have this team make the playoffs. And I'm thinking that's the same thing this year. I'm like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, please let's not have this team make the playoffs or anything. Um, and then I'm I'm probably just feeling a little biased towards the Browns right now because I mean my team I just watched them just dominate my team. I mean Deshaun I, I said I didn't think Deshaun would have a good game, but I said you know he could be due for one, and he, I mean kind of did. Although I will say the first half, oh, he he just I, it was one of the worst quarterback. I, he looked terrible. Um, so I don't know. It's tough to say. Like Cleveland, Cleveland kind of feels like a team like where obviously they don't need a, you don't need a win because they're not going to the playoffs, but they almost feel like they need a win to just carry some sort of momentum because they, they maybe like Deshaun could use it just because, you know, I mean, I think that guy needs some sort of confidence. Um, I don't know if they'll win the game, but I, I do have, them. I'll probably take it a plus two and a half. I just, I don't buy into the Steelers team. I really don't. Yeah. I think just like last week, how we talked, there's the bet here is to maybe throw one of these teams in a teaser. Last week we had, you know, the Steelers in a teaser bet. Mm-hmm. I think this week the really only value is teasing the Browns up um, yeah. past the seven, getting them through the three and seven, which are, are key numbers um, because I don't know if I'm buying them to win this game. I think the things that worry me is yes. I think people are buying a little bit more into the Watson performance. He didn't look great in the first half. Sure. He looked a little bit better in the second half, but there was also problems with the commanders there, you know, blown tackle on Amari Cooper two blown coverages that led to some, some big plays. Um, now granted he hit those plays. Um, his hands didn't get sticky and, you know, throw a wild goose ball, but Carson you Wentz know, also, I mean, you know, good God, we're going to get to that whole shenanigans and deal. Cause whew, your team, I'll, yeah. I'll let you rage there. <laughs> but, yeah, let's talk uh, about that. I'm going to rage out as well. Cause 
I had second half embarrassment for that fan base that uh, I have many friends a part of, including yourself. Um, but I also think there are matchups advantages for the Steelers here. I mean, we the wide receiver room is going to take advantage of the secondary. Brown secondary is down players, not yeah. playing great towards the back end of the season. We've also seen that defense step back up with the addition of Watt. I mean, Watt is the engine that makes that defense go. When he's not in the games, we've seen how pitiful they can be. And when he's in, he's an absolute game changer. Um, it's why I think defensive guys deserve more credit towards the MVP candidate, because just look at the impact that these dudes make defensively TJ Watt out versus when he's in on this Steelers defense. Um, and Kenny Pickett is the concern. If you're going to take a Steelers side, I am not. Once again, I think the values in teasing the Browns up because he is hot or miss cold and hot or cold and hot at times. But I just think the advantages the wide receiver room presents the running game getting going for the Steelers. I do think they probably win this game, but I'm certainly not putting money on them to cover. Yeah. Texans Colts over 38 line, two and a half could care less about this game, but man, Thibodeau coming out this week with that fire quote about Jeff Saturday. I don't know if you saw that, but paraphrasing is like, I don't know who Jeff Saturday is. He doesn't have anything involved with me. Unclassy move on what he did as Nick, Nick Foles is just writhing in pain. I'm not trying to hype up Thibodeau here, but I did laugh at his quote coming at Jeff Saturday because Saturday's just getting dunked on left and right all season. Poor guy. Kind of disrespectful from Thibodeau because Saturday had a fantastic career. <laughs> yes, very true. Thibodeau would, I mean, he, Thibodeau is very capable of having that kind of career, but he will be very lucky to have that kind of career. Um, but this game, ooh, it's rough. I mean, we're looking at two teams that combined uh, for 13 points last week. Um, and the Texans, though, they are, I've been saying it, and it's fine by me. I fully support this. They have been full on tank mode from the get go. Yep. So I, I'll go, I'll, I'll say Jeff Saturday goes out of this odd coaching experience of his. He'll go out with a W. Um, I think it'll be the last that we see of him as a head coach in the NFL. I would agree. And I would hope so. This has been an experiment <laughs> that has gone horribly wrong as we predicted. Um, we were also pretty upfront and early to the uh, Texans tanking. You were not so much as me. You got me on that train. I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense when you start watching their football games. Oh my God. They're like, down points. They're, doing. they're just keep running the ball um, with no attention to trying to come back. Um, so yeah, I think that's probably an opportunity. Maybe Maybe the Colts finally find that fight that Jeff Saturday was supposed to bring to the team um, in this game, and they they close out with a win. But yeah, I don't I don't see much being offered up here um, for this matchup. Yeah. All right. Next game also doesn't have a lot of juice on it. My Bucks versus the Falcons. The line is four and a half. Falcons are favored. That's because the Bucks are playing for absolutely nothing. Um, they have made the playoffs and clinched the South. Over under 40 and a half. I will say, would you look at that left, which when you can identify an opportunity and attack it, good things happen. It's incredible. It's taken this long and guys like me and and yourself have been dissecting other opposing defenses better than left, which has been this season. But we said (laughs) that if this, if that last week, if he came out and he went vertical pass attempt and was aggressive, good things would happen because the guys that the Panthers were down the secondary, he didn't want to do that initially in the game, but as the game wore on, started to do that. And what would you know? Mike Evans and Tom Brady got their group back. So it's amazing what happens when you you competently coach a football team. I like to think that Tom listened to the podcast last week and heard us say that he and Mike Evans' timing is off. And, you know, Tom, he gets motivated by anything. So I think he probably used us and said, you know, here, you know, take that. And, you know, he wins. He always wins. Um, so, yeah. 
Um, I like that. I, I agree with this. I, I think you're right here. <laughs> I think we motivated Tom and Mike. Um, he probably sent the clips to Mike and, you know, they, they listened to it and yeah, they got us. Um, so yeah, there's nothing, nothing really to go from here for this game. Um, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll take the over maybe. <laughs> yeah. There's not much to win here. I will say the bucks are getting my hopes up. This has been a very yeah. difficult season, but there is a theory that you just got to get in the playoffs and the giants, when they beat the Patriots from the wild card spot, is kind of what I'm I'm leaning towards here. Now we are we're getting a little healthier on the offensive line. Offense is looking a little better. I still have a lot of worries about our incompetent coaching staff and you know Todd Bowles's desire to be super conservative with an offense that is built to uh pass the ball. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, we get ourselves in the playoffs. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. So I am starting to get my my hopes up a little bit here. Uh, but yeah, I don't have much on this game. Maybe points, but I, I'm not betting it. Uh, yeah. Panthers Saints over under 41 and a half. Line set at three and a half. There is a future bet on the line here. Uh, if the Panthers win this, then the Trophy Kids cash another future ticket if you followed it on me with Panthers over six and a half wins. They are currently sitting exactly at six. Uh, things did not go as planned this season. I believe they're at six. Let me make sure I'm not making that up, but I'm like 95% sure. Um, all right. So a lot on the line here personally for us, but not so much for these ball clubs. Um, <laughs> do you have anything on, on the line here for this? Nothing really. Um, I just, I'm just so, I've been very anti Saints this year. I just think they're just an atrocious team. Um, and you give me a hook, you give me a three and a hook for the Panthers. I would definitely go with Carolina here. Um, I don't even hate them winning this game, but um, I'd probably go Carolina. But also, just uh, it's hard to bet on any of these games where no one's got, no team has anything to play for. Yeah, it's what makes this week incredibly challenging. It's where you got to be smart with your dollars and you, and you can't get overzealous here. Um, I would say, to your point, too, I think a lot of people are hyping up the Saints based off what they did last week against the Eagles. Um, Lane Johnson wasn't there. He is yeah. a very big part of the success in the Eagles. You can dive into the numbers, and it is a stark difference. He is a very, very important player. Um, it's why we saw Cam Jordan and some of these other guys who have been sort of rocking chair players this year really come to life last week, I think, um, as well as some of the other issues the Eagles are facing late in the season or long injuries and things like that. So I'm not buying a whole lot of stock into the Saints. The Panthers do have a little to play here for because they are trying to make the case for Wilkes. The market set their right. expectation at six wins. So you win seven. I know, you know, they're probably not in tune to the gambling markets as much as we are here, but it is technically beating season expectations. If you get seven wins, they do want him to be the coach next year's the reporting and the rumors that we've kind of seen being posted. So they do have a little motivation here. Dennis Allen is not a very good head coach. Great defense coordinator, not a very good head coach. So yeah, I think I'd take the Panthers, but I'm not putting anything on that. This next game is a game that I have wagered on. Um, Patriots versus Bills. There are some things, you know, as we talked about early in the show, that are making this handicap what it is. And that involves the Hamlin situation. Um, guys in, from Buffalo stayed in Cincinnati for good portions of this week. I don't know if they're exactly home yet. There's mm -hmm. speculation that if the Chiefs win, the Bills may just forfeit this game or play no contest to it. But if the Chiefs do lose and they do play this game, they're going against the New England Patriots team that has a lot to play for because they need to win this game 
to be in the playoff picture. You've got a Bill Belichick coach team. You know he's going to be extremely prepared for very good reasons. There are unfortunately questions about what level the Bills are going to be engaged in this game. Um, I don't, you know, they haven't had media availability, but things have been, you know, leaking out and, and swirling. A lot of guys are kind of gun shy to, to play again for very good reasons. I mean, I think it's very easy to forget a lot of these individuals are human um, and they saw one of their teammates, brother, guy that they've been battling with all season, die on the field and have to be brought back to life. And psychologically, I couldn't even imagine what that's doing. Hopefully these guys are using the resources that the NFL is providing um, if they feel they need it. But that does throw in a lot of concern here and a reason that I placed a wager with the Patriots. Um, now that offense has looked pretty inept um, to say the least. Uh, we know that, um, but it, the factor is simply that of a bills team that has other things on its minds as it should. And they, yeah, they'll be playing for a number one seed if the chiefs lose, but if the chiefs win, you do question whether they even play this game at all. And if they do play this game, if they just sit a bunch of guys, um, right. so I did go ahead and, and jump out, bet Patriots seven and a half. Um, I'll probably bet them again at seven. I think this number is going to, going to move a lot, um, as that chiefs games unfold. So that's kind of the evaluation I have for this game. Yeah. I, I kind of have that same evaluation, just a lot going on for those Buffalo players and you know, what they saw is just, you know, gotta be just absolutely horrifying. I mean, none of us thankfully saw a close up of what was going on, yeah. um, I'm uh, not trying to compare situations here, but, you know, 15 years ago, which is crazy, it was 15 years ago when Sean Taylor was killed on the Redskins, um, they, the first game back, I mean, yeah, they were flat. You could tell, like, they were just so rattled. And then, though, after that, that's when the roll and the run started. I could totally see that happening with the Bills here. Where, you know, this week, you know, eh, but once the playoffs start, that team might start rolling for sure. Because, you know, then, you know, they get to collect themselves. They play, you know, super inspired football. Um so yeah, I, I could see that potentially happening, but I, I think this game, there's just there's too much going on for that team, and I, I you know, they're already safely in the playoffs, so I, I could see this being just a tough game for them. Yeah, I agree, and that's sort of why we went out and I, I, I did place a wager on on the Patriots. It's it's why we made that evaluation, and I kind of agree with you. I think this is going to be one of those situations where it's going to be hard to get back on the field. Players have to make that determination for themselves. I do think it's like once you get back on the field, now that you know the progress that's been made, the recovery that's happening. It's kind of one of those things where, you know, when you first strap up, anybody who's played football from youth level to the NFL, it's, you know, coming back from summer, that first kind of practice, this first kind of getting back into the rhyme, and then you kind of get the machine going. But yeah, that first time back's a little flat. You need to kind of get, kind of hit again, unfortunately, and, and play a physical game to kind of get that mentality back. And I just, I think right now it's probably a little too soon for that. Oh yeah. It, it's crazy. The impact that's had. I mean, I'm sure you probably will feel the same way, but you know, it's football. So the, we'll see an injury. The first injury we see on Saturday, I'm going to be like, Oh oh God, like, you know, just, yeah. it's going to be scary for a second. And then we'll be like, all right, you know, it's, it, it's just, it's football. And, you know, they'll get up and they'll most, they'll more than likely be totally fine, but it's gonna be a little scary for you know the beginning. Yeah. I mean, there were so many things that made that play scary one it was such a just an innocuous play like it didn't look like yeah. anything at the time um we've seen a lot worse i mean we've seen guys get paralyzed in the field we've seen guys legs explode on the field hell in, in non-football uh, the biggest injury i remember ever seeing i mean there's a couple but like one that is seared in my brain is kevin ware at louisville oh yeah leg literally came like bone came through his leg and they continued to play on but this is obviously different a man died on the field had to be brought back and so that elevates the play but it's going to make it extremely scary and that's why it's it is time 
you know, there are guys that get split on this where they feel they need more time. I don't blame them. Take that time. And then there's some guys that are like, hey, I got to get back out there. I got to put on the pads. I got to get that those first couple pops in to, to remind myself that I'm good. Like this was just a freak accident. There was nothing malicious about that and get going. So it's a really tough thing to deal with. Um, but yeah, that is that is where where we're at with this one. Mm-hmm. Minnesota Vikings versus the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields is finally sat down for the season. Way to do something right, Bears. Minnesota sitting at seven and a half. I heard the wildest story that the Minnesota Vikings players had issues with their cleats because they did not want to take the training staff's advice and wear the like seven inch, you know, spikes in green Bay. And boy, did that show. I mean, I don't know how you, if that, that report is true that I saw how you could be that brain dead um, to not wear those in the conditions that you were wearing. But Hey, what do I know? I'm just a guy sitting from his couch watching games. The training staff is clearly on my side. Um, do you have anything for this game? Are you placing any bets on this one? Where, where are you at with this? Not a ton, um, but yeah, this Vikings team, God, I mean, they have a negative point. I mean, they have, they've given up 414 points compared to their 395. And they're, what are they, 11 and 4 or whatever? 11 and 5 or whatever they are. I mean, it's unbelievable. I don't know how, I just, I can't trust this team. Um, I'm probably not betting on this game. I, I, I like them to probably win just because, I mean, the Bears are professionals at losing. But um, I don't know if they're going to win by more than seven. So I'm just probably going to stay away. They are professional losers. They but are. I will say, when we talked about the Clay, uh, Claypool decision, smart move in the hindsight because you now know you don't want to resign him. Like, he has done <laughs> yeah. a big nothing burger. But that's a hell of a lot better learning that now than going and getting him in the that's free true. agency and overpaying him, which is the argument I made when everybody was mad about that trade. I was like, hey, look, you're either going to, overpay right now with a, a pick and the mm-hmm. conversation they give or you're going to overpay for him in free agency at least now you get to see what he's worth and whew, not a whole lot of dollars uh, is yeah. what i'm gaining there yeah let me yeah, you can hang on to all that cap money let him go yes sir all right ravens Bengals. line is at seven over under 40 and a half this is another game because it is the other team that was affected in the unfortunate mm-hmm. incident of monday that makes this handicap hard um, Joe Burrow, the low, you know, the voice of this team, the leader of this team, the good pulse on this team, even this week. And I'm paraphrasing essentially said, you know, if you pulled this team, I think there would be a lot of guys that it's too soon to get playing. And then there's guys like myself that need to get back out there to kind of put it past them and get going again. And that's, that makes it tough for this game, especially a game that means a little less to the Bengals now because they don't right. have the result from Monday night to potentially get them a two or one seed. Um, a lot of things have to happen outside of that. Um, and we don't know what, you know, guys like T Higgins are going to look like, or Tyler Boyd, who has a close relationship with Hamlin. Um, and this is a game where it might be worth kind of seeing how the first quarter unravels of the first series or so similar to what I did on a Monday night where I watched that first series. I saw Jamar chase just blow past white. And I was like, Oh, we're wagering an enormous amount of money on the Bengals. Um, because you could just tell the energy was there. I think we'll have to see, but and the Ravens are a team that plays this this team quite well, generally right. speaking. They 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 do both these defenses throw stuff at the opposing offenses that give them hip, hiccups here. But the Ravens are in another boat. You know, quarterback situation not looking great. Um, a lot of injuries there. Do you have a yeah. plan this game? Where are you where are you at on this one? Uh, it's tough to say. The thing is, it's like obviously the Bengals are going through a lot, but they are so much better than the Ravens right now, in my yep. opinion, uh, just as a team. And I mean, the Ravens can't score. 12 points it's just so that's where I, I still think this Bengals team actually goes out there and covers um but i mean if they don't i, I completely understand um but 
I, yeah, I just they're just so much better right now. I don't, I don't care that the Ravens are ten and six. <laughs> yep, I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you. Um, we'll see where it goes. Uh, I I would lean Bengals on the out gate. I'll I'll watch it and probably bet it live. But yeah, I, I don't see any issue with that. Giants Eagles lines at fourteen over Ooh. under forty two and a half. And what we said at the beginning of the year has come true. Well, we didn't really, we phrased it more of a question, but Brian Dable was going to be the guy that ran Barkley into the ground, but got the most out of him. And if Daniel Jones had a shot of being an NFL quarterback, he would get the most out of him. And boy, do those two things happen. Brian Dable and this coaching staff have done a phenomenal job and highlighted exactly why for years on this podcast, we've been screaming to anybody that will listen that Brian Dable should be a head coach in the NFL. Giants are heading to the playoffs. This is big news. Now, this is, I think, Brian Dable, I don't think he's going to get it, but I do think there's a strong argument for Coach of the Year because I don't know if there's a guy that's done more with less. I mean, you look at this roster. This is not a good roster. It's one of the worst rosters in the NFL, and yet they're playing well. Now, they are running into the Eagles, who have been lagging recently, but that's mostly due to injuries opposed to other things. Do you have a plan this game, or are you feeling out anything on this one, or, or where are you headed with this? It's tough. I mean, obviously, it's a massive spread between two playoff teams. You, you kind of don't get it, but then you kind of do just kind of how these two teams play. Um, but I don't really know how much of a play I have on the game, but I mean, I, I agree with everything you pretty much said about the Giants. It's going to be interesting. I, before the season started, I figured Daniel Jones, definitely gone. Saquon Barkley, possibly back. But then it's almost like Daniel Jones probably is actually coming back. And Saquon, maybe Dable was just like, you know, let's Let's get everything out of him. And yes, he played well, but we see it's still tough to hold up. So I could see Saquon moving on now. So that's just kind of yep. funny. Um, yeah, the game itself, uh, that's it's too big of a spread. I'd probably, I always lean towards the over, but I'd probably lean towards the over in it, though. I'll say that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot because the Eagles are looking to clinch here first. Um, and that means a lot in the NFL. Um, so we'll see. There's a lot of motivation. I'm with you. I think you're probably looking more towards the over-unders. I don't have a play at this point. Um, I got to dig a little bit more into this one, but it, it's it's a certainly an interesting matchup. The matchup that is going to gain probably a lot of attention, especially in the state of Michigan and in Green Bay, the Rams-Seahawks, because in the infinite wisdom of the NFL, they decided to schedule this at 4.30 and the Packers-Lions as the night game. Because, you know, why not? <laughs> um, the line is six over under 41 and a half. Seahawks are favorite. It is in Seattle. What are you doing with this? How are you making this one out? I mean, you got to lean Seattle. They got everything to play for, obviously. Um, so you, you have to lean them. Um, but then, you know, I feel bad. It's just like I, I have no real venom. I mean, kind of in the past because Seattle's knocked us out of the playoffs a lot, but I don't have like an over like big time venom towards Seattle, but I almost want them to lose just so the Sunday night game could be like a real nice battle. Um, so I just kind of feel bad, but uh, oh well, but I, I think Seattle probably wins this game, but I don't know. I don't know if they're able to cover that because LA's shown some life um, a little bit here. So I, I'd probably take them on plus six, but I, I don't think that. I think Seattle could win this game still. So. Yeah, it's an interesting game because obviously Baker's playing for something here. He's playing for his next career move. He's playing for his next future opportunity. The Rams aren't playing for a lot because their draft pick is the Lions draft pick. So it's not like they yeah. have a motivation here to lose because they don't get anything out of it from a draft pick standpoint. So that's interesting. There's also the aspect of sticking it to Seattle um, and trying to to bounce them. 
Um, this game is going to be very interesting to watch. I have a feeling there's a lot of parlays out there, Seahawks, Packers, um, because if the Seahawks win, then there's good reason to be betting on the Packers due to what is the motivation of the Lions. Um, I'm with you. I think the Seahawks probably win this one. I think this is going to be a great game to probably live bet and see kind of where it's heading. It's also going to be a great one to maybe hold off on placing a wager, which we'll talk about Packers lines. We've kind of been teasing up to that all week, all podcast here. Um, but I, I'm going to be watching this game intensely to determine how I'm playing that Lions Packers game and where those numbers could be moving. Um, but yeah, it, it might not, it might behoove you to, if you're looking for a parlay here, Seahawks Packers, if you're of the opinion that, you know, the Seahawks are going to win this game and the Packers are going to win this game might be a good spot to, to grab them in a little parlay there action, um, based on how things might unfold from a, a motivation standpoint. Yep. Chargers Broncos. This game has done a doozy on the numbers, complete flip because Chargers don't have a reason to trot out guys like Justin Herbert and other stars. They are a very injury prone team. They're very sensitive to this. This is why Mm -hmm. the Denver Broncos who have been an eyesore to watch all season are favored here. Um, Didn't think I'd be saying that in the final week. Russell Wilson. Also, congratulations. You finally beat your bathrooms. I'm very proud of you. Um, Took you until week 17, but Hey, Good job in bathrooms. Hell of a fight. I, I didn't think you had it in you to drain that out to, to 17 and a half. Um, so great that that guy in TikTok, I, I should post his <laughs> at or his uh, account in the video link on YouTube. Uh, just a great thing all week. But uh, do you have anything on this? Are you placing a wager on this? How, how are you looking at this game? Definitely not going to be placing any sort of wager on this. Um, I, I don't know. I, I guess. I guess maybe Russell goes out with it with a W that he can he can motivate himself with all <laughs> off season. So yeah, we'll we'll see him go out with a dub. Russell needs to go back to corny Russell. That's that's the real problem. He's trying to do this cool cool uh, Sierra. Look at me, Russell. He needs to go back to Hawaiian shirt, oversized jeans, and uh, those monarch shoes, and get back to that kind of Russell, the Russell we knew at Wisconsin to get his his real true inner Russell going. And that's that's how he makes his comeback. I think this is kind of all cool vibe, not working. Completely agree. Just needs to ditch it. It's also not great to be like, God works through me. It's like, well, then God hates you because you're playing like ass. Like, he clearly doesn't like you as a football player. That whole he's, bit. That's a, not that's happy a right now. Yeah. There was a side story on New Year's Eve. There was uh, the person hosting the party wanted to do a Jersey theme party. Mm-hmm. A couple Denver people were there. And the amount of times Broncos country, let's ride, was shouted <laughs> at the top of our lungs was an astronomical amount. Those poor people. Before midnight, they both took off their jerseys. <laughs> I do the same thing. Oh, it's that was hilarious. Great. <laughs> oh, those poor people. Just oh. the joke of the NFL for all season. <laughs> yes. The butt God. of every joke. Oh, oh that's fantastic. Um, all right. Cardinals 49ers. Choosing for the Cardinals. I, talk about a team just limping to the end of the season. Like oh no team God. has wanted an NFL season to end sooner than I think the Cardinals. Like put them out of their misery. Going up against one of the most dangerous teams in football right now. They weren't as buckled up as you'd like to see last week defensively for the 49ers. But Kyle Shannon is showing why he is one of the premier coaches in this league because of what mm-hmm. he's doing with a third string quarterback. Um, over under is set at 40 and a half. Are you playing this game or are you doing kind of leaving this one alone? Like so many on the board, because it's just, it's a weird week. 
Yeah, it's definitely a weird week. Probably going to be leaving this one alone. I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, I don't know what the Cardinals team total is. That's something I'd look in and placing the under on. Um, <laughs> but that would be pretty much all I'd really be very interested in in this game. Yeah, it's, it's a rough one. Yeah. <laughs> um, to say the least. All right. Let's get to it. Commanders Cowboys lines at okay. seven over under 40 and a half. I will let you take the floor with anything you'd like to say before we dive into this game about what was truly just a baffling performance last week. I mean, yeah, it was just, it was, it was awful. Um, Ron Rivera is just, he's just the most bizarre. He's the most bizarre coach I think I've ever had. We've had here in Washington. We've had some very bizarre ones. Just his decision. He just never seemed to have any sort of plan or any sort of direction or anything. Like, for example, this week, he initially said that Taylor Heineke was going to start the first half, and then they're going to move on to Sam Howell. And there's uproar, and reporters are just like, oh, why, why? And then, you know, Ron has a Twitter, and he sees everyone on Twitter bashing him, and he's just like, oh, never mind. We're going to let Sam Howell play the whole the whole game. We're going to have him be our starter. I don't really understand why. Maybe it's because, I don't know if you know this, this is actually insane. We, in the last five seasons, going back to 2018, we've had three starting quarterbacks every single season. I'm exactly- going to name them. Let's that go. Mind-blowing. <laughs> I'm going to name them right now. Um, You'll hear some repeats because obviously we have we have some players you know staying on the team. But so 2018, Alex Smith, Colt McCoy, Mark Sanchez, Josh Johnson. 2019, Case Keenum, Dwayne Haskins, Colt McCoy. 2020, Haskins, uh, Kyle Allen, Alex Smith, Taylor Heineke. 2021, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Taylor Heineke, Garrett Gilbert. 2022, Taylor Heineke, Carson Wentz, and Sam Howell. We've had 28 quarterbacks, 28 different starting quarterbacks in 23 seasons. Oh, man. You guys are going to start to have that Browns jersey going for the Commanders here. Oh, yeah, we got it. We got it. Trust me. It is a nightmare. Nightmare over here. Yeah. There's talent all over the offense. Just give me a good quarterback. (laughs) And the team. I mean, it's incredible how well this team could do with a better front office, better ownership group, and just a quarterback and a better coaching staff. I mean, there are some things that need to change. Yeah. Could be changing this offseason. We'll see what happens. One we, can only hope. We got to hope that this is Dan Snyder's last game. Last yep. game ever for Dan Snyder. We got to hope. Um, and just quickly, just looking at this game, I go Dallas. My seven all day. Yeah, Dallas is playing for a lot here. I, I was shocked watching that game. <laughs> That Carson Wentz was still in the ball game late. Oh, yeah. And then I learned, oh, wait, the head coach doesn't have any clue that the team could be eliminated from the playoffs if they don't win. Don't forget that. My God, is that something you quietly maybe tell to your best friend via text two years later? Like, hey, I was coaching that game and I had no clue we were going to be out of the playoffs. But that explains a lot of no sense of urgency. Starting Carson Wentz was a bit of head-scratcher because what we know so far is that Tyler Heineke may not be the biggest upgrade talent-wise compared to Carson Wentz. He's a hell of an upgrade when it comes to team morale and the ability to think that you could win a game and be dangerous and to push the ball and not just throw three mind-numbing interceptions. Um, One of the most baffling things I've ever seen from an NFL head coach and just an organization as a whole. I, I, I was pissed for you guys. Dino Ron, Dinosaur Ron, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you're in group text with me. One of our friends texted and actually asked the scenarios. I bam, bam, bam. I laid out like the three scenarios. Ron had no idea. No clue. He, 
He's at the he's at the park. He's 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 in the office. He's in the building. I, yeah, no idea. Head scratching, baffling. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are the move here. I have a feeling Sunday could go very bad. Uh, things yeah. are already been rough for the commander's locker room this season. At one point, there was rumors of a mutiny on the defensive side of the ball with how that was going early in the season. The offense has no real direction. They're playing uninspired football, even though there's loads of talent all over the place um, on this roster. This is one of those franchises that, man, if they could draft a quarterback or go out and get a quarterback, a head coach and a new ownership group, you'd be cooking with oil. But that is... That's asking for some things, um, but who knows? Maybe it'll happen this offseason. But yeah, I think the Cowboys are the side. They're playing. They are playing for something. There is motivation there, and I do just wonder what what we're going to see out of Washington this week. And I, I have a feeling Sam Howell may have a rough introduction because I do feel like Michael Parsons is going to welcome to the NFL in a very rude and abrupt way all game. I think so too. The only thing that is good about uh, Howell is he is very mobile. This is true. This he can is scoot. very true. This is very true. Um, He's Lions, need to. <laughs> yes, that he will be. Lions Packers last game, uh, over under 49 and a half. The line is right now at four and a half. This has been moving. There have been some battles with this line. This line is going to move a lot during the Seattle game, I think. Um, so it's a number to be watching for, as we've alluded to all podcast. The Lions could learn, you know, 30, 40 minutes before kickoff that they have no shot of making the playoffs. If Seattle loses, though, this game. It's going to be a fun one to watch because yeah. the Lions are playing for something. The Packers are playing for something. A lot of different aspects to this game. What are you liking? What are you not liking? How are you feeling about this? Yeah, and obviously, I think we've made this obvious, but if Seattle wins, this game is not like a complete nothing. I mean, the Packers then need to win themselves, um, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. But, um, but yeah, obviously, you know, it will change. If you feel confident about this Packers line, I'd probably lock it in now. Um, just because who knows what's going to happen. If, if Detroit has nothing to play for, I imagine that that thing could jump to like six, even though I'd still do think, you know, Dan Campbell will do all he can to, to motivate the men um, to, to, to play hard. And I, I think for the most part, they will. Obviously, football is a sport where if you don't play hard, you're kind of risking yourself. Um, so yep. I, I think they'll play hard regardless. Um, one thing I'm worried about, and maybe this is dumb, but I really don't think it is, Jared Goff just outdoors in the cold is just not, He's not the same quarterback. <laughs> yeah. And I know it's been warm in the U.S. recently, but I do think it's co- getting cold this weekend. So that that's a concern. And it is in Green Bay. So I imagine it's going to be real concern, uh, real cold. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy guy, but I do think the NFL does want Aaron Rodgers to be in the playoffs. Um, so I'm the leaning scheduling back shows that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm leading pack here, so I'll, I'll go with the pack. But I, I'll be honest, if it comes down to winning in in this game, I'm going to be rooting for Detroit hard. I like oh, to see a so passing hard. of the guard. I like seeing new teams in the playoffs, kind of like Bengals last year. It's nice to see. So I really hope, yeah, I hope Detroit gets an opportunity, and I hope they win the game. Yeah, this is an interesting game. I think when we talk about motivation, sure, some guys, you know, the air will be let out of the tire a little bit. But, I mean, this is the team that's biting kneecaps and fighting for every yard. And so if you're going to be that team, I do think there's a motivation to say, hey, we're knocking the Packers out, a division rival, a historical rival, a team that you do not like all that much. Um, And then when we look at this from an actual game standpoint, if there's stuff to play for, this becomes interesting because you pointed out and it's perfect. 
Lions cannot do not have the advantage from the passing standpoint. Jared Goff is not great in the cold. He's not great away from home. The splits are what they are. Um, he's been serviceable this year, though, compared to other years where he's been an absolute disaster. But you can attack the pack through the ground game. Um, now, the Lions have been struggling there a little bit, even though they have an elite offensive line. You have to trust the back, backs because the Packers' whole philosophy is to play with the lead. They've built this defense to protect against the pass, to protect the boundaries, protect the middle of the field, so that when they're playing with the lead, they can protect that lead. So you got to play your brand of football there. And then it's going to be interesting offensively. I think a lot of people are keying in on that early matchup that they had. This is a completely different Packers offense. Watson is finally going. Um, yeah. And that is huge. He's a guy that has now shown that he is an NFL caliber wide receiver. He's really hard to contain for a full game because he has lightning speed in his feet. The wide receiving core has come together. More importantly, Rodgers and McFleur, jeez. Are doing what they always do. I think I said LaFleur. LaFleur. My God. It's late. <laughs> we're, we're, running, we're running at 53 minutes. I'm already not the best. <laughs> you have to realize I was sweating at the early part. Like, I'm going to mess up uh, Hamlin's name. I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to mess it up. It's <laughs> not very good. But Matt is Matt and Rogers are doing their thing late in the season where they're finally on the same page. They understand the team they have. They understand what they can do, what they can't do. Putting in fun wrinkles. It's moving. This is going to be a very fun game if there's something to play for I do think Dan Campbell still gets them motivated. I think I'm going to like the lines a lot more because I think this number is going to grow to like a plus six, like you were yeah. saying, depending on where that moves. And then I really like the lines because I do think they'll have some motivational factors. Um, so I like your philosophy. If you like the Packers grabbing it now, but uh, this game has a lot of interesting dynamics. It's going to be fun. This is going to be really important to be following the social media at trophy kids pod. We're going to be giving out a lot of bets depending on how things are breaking throughout the the games in the week so this is one game that will certainly get posted depending on how things play so make sure you're following there um but that's how i feel about this one and this week anything else before we uh wrap this up or that we missed yeah i would just say the best thing that you know the lions could do is try to get out early get aaron Rodgers mopey get a mopey and you'll be good oh yes get him fiery get him mopey and you'll be yeah. just all right um all right, that does it for us. The next time you speak to us, we'll be talking playoff football. That is when the bet gets real, real good. The breakdowns get a little bit more comprehensive. It's going to be good stuff. We hope you guys have a great week. And as always, peace.